The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the systems used by a great entrepreneur to monetize multiple channels of marketing. Joining us is Anak Sengal, who is the CEO at Learn, which is a digital asset management and work management software company. Learn is dedicated to opening doors to prosperity and entrepreneurship through online business education and the technologies that make it possible. They provide a range of products and services, including online training courses, live events, and a variety of online marketing topics, online communities, and publications for internet marketers and e-learning technology platforms. And today, Anik and I are going to talk about his five-step copywriting formula that he's used to sell $250 million of products. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Anik Sengal, CEO of Learn. Anik, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure and an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. The honor's all ours. When you reached out, my head of content production, Todd Hines, leaned over to me when he saw the email first and said, whoa, this guy's a big deal. I read his book. I'm a huge fan. And uh, you've clearly made a name for yourself in the entrepreneurship and the marketing space. Talk to us first and foremost a little bit about what Learn is. And you've developed this copywriting formula that you've really sort of mastered Talk to us about where that fits into what you're doing. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So just want to say hi to everyone who's listening. Thank you for listening, giving us part of your day. Learn is a play on the word learn. So we spell it L-U-R-N. And I'm all about education. I think it's probably been drilled into me. Not probably, definitely been drilled into me by my father. But I'm all about a different style of education. So I'm totally against college. I don't care for it unless you want to be a doctor, engineer, or lawyer. You need some professional education. I really just don't get the point. So in today's day and age, if you compile the level of expertise so many of us have all over the world, we should be teaching each other. I'll give you an example. Entrepreneurship 101 in college for me was taught by a professor who had never had a company nor started one. How does that make any sense? And that's what you get in traditional education. So when I founded Learn, the goal was really to do what I call facilitate. Now, I know that we're an education company. We're a tech platform that facilitates education. So a lot of people will say, you're an edutech company. And I'll say, you know what? Here's the deal. I personally cannot be good at or know everything in the world in the field of entrepreneurship. By the time I die, I might have accrued enough knowledge to teach 5% of what's related to the world of entrepreneurship at best. 
So what's the best thing I can do? I can facilitate. I can go get topical experts on all the variety of topics in the world of entrepreneurship and business from marketing to management to hiring to strategy to finance. And I can get the best of the best and put them in the platform and then facilitate their education going to those who need it. But not just that, I can facilitate connection, communication. So talk to me about why entrepreneurships not only need the type of education that you are talking about, but also a sense of community. So think about an engineer. You go to work every day, you're with engineers, literally hanging out with your own people. If you are a lawyer, hang out with lawyers, doctors, hang out with doctors. Every profession has community. Every profession has connection. You need to be able to connect with people. You grow together, you share together. Entrepreneurs don't have that. I mean, if we're an entrepreneur, we're literally surrounded by no one like us all day. And we don't have time to create community. We don't have time to go to meetups and all of that. So for me, I really wanted to build a home for entrepreneurs. I wanted to build a place where once you walk in, literally everyone in the room is as crazy as you are. They think like you, they help you know, support one another. And so we built a physical facility here, like an actual physical 26,000 square foot facility in Maryland, but we have a virtual home as well. So we're not just about education, but we're facilitating connection, community, helping one another. So it's a much grander vision than just education. So you have this platform that not only builds a sense of community, you also teach professional skills. And one of the ones that you're talking the most about, the reason that you reached out to be a guest on the MarTech podcast was around developing an understanding of copywriting. I feel like copywriting and just being a writer in general is something that most people think you're just inherently good at or inherently bad at. I'll admit that I feel like I am a good creative copywriter in the sense of I know what I want to say and I'm able to think creatively, but I am a terrible writer in the sense of grammar and spelling, so I shy away from copywriting. You've got a system that you put together that has helped people or that you've used to sell $250 million of products. Walk me through your copywriting process and how is it idiot-proof for people like me? So first of all, big misconception, right, is that to be a good copywriter, you have to be a good writer. It's actually not true. Copywriting is all about sales psychology, consumer behavior, communicating and creating influence. It's very different than writing well. I'm not a good writer. As a matter of fact, the only class I ever got a D minus in my entire life was my AP English writing class. Hey, D stands for diploma. <laughs> it was advanced placement English writing class. And literally, I flunked it. So any feelings or thoughts you have towards English or writing, put them to the side. They don't matter. Now, you have to understand how a mind works and how a brain thinks. And when you build the right narrative and the right environment for your presentation, the words you use are almost completely irrelevant. Let me give you an example. People will say, I'm not salesy. I'm not in sales. Well, you know what? You're wrong. If you're breathing air, you're in sales. Because even if you're not in business or not an entrepreneur, you want to go on that golfing trip, you got to convince your wife. You want your kids to clean up their rooms. You want to convince your boss to let you have a day off. Like you're constantly in the world where you're trying to influence other people to do what you want them to do. Let me tell you, if you want your kids to clean your room and you're successful, you're the best salesman in the world. <laughs> exactly. So the five-step formula I've created has nothing to do with words. You don't have to be a wordsmith. You don't have to be creative. It's all about the way the mind perceives, receives information, and then creates decisions. So it's a very simplistic formula that anyone can listen today and know it. And at its high level, I'm going to give you the five words that represent the five steps to the system. And you're going to say, really, that's it? You got to listen behind the scenes, though, because each of the steps has a purpose. It's in that purpose that we really nail the psychology down 
And for me, it's become natural habit now. I just do it for everything. When I'm communicating with people at a party, it has nothing to do with work. I use my five-step formula because this is how the human mind receives information. When you package your communication in the five-step formula, you're just going to be more received, more interesting, more fun, and more influential. So really this copywriting process is a formula for how to communicate. It is not specifically the medium of putting pen to paper or fingers to a keyboard. You're talking about how to get your message across. Walk me through those five steps. Exactly. You nailed it perfectly. So the five steps, step one is called introduction. Step two is called story. Step three is called content. Step four is called transition. And step five is called pitch. So again, introduction, story, content, transition, and pitch. And I promised you already, you're going to hear that and think, that's it. That's what the big hype is about. Seriously, hear me out. Because 95% chance, I bet you you're using them incorrectly. You perceive and receive them very wrongly. So let's start off at the beginning. Talk to me about the introduction phase. What is that and how are people doing it the wrong way? So introduction. Most people hear an introduction and this is how they do it. Hi, my name is Anik Singhal. I have sold over $250 million of products on the internet. I've been doing this for 17 years. I'm a blah, 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 winner. Me, 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 me. Exactly. Guess what? Nobody cares. I want to tell everybody this. I love you. You're great. Nobody cares about you. Your <laughs> consumer is not there for you. They just don't give a crap. So what's the purpose of an introduction? The purpose of an introduction is what's in it for me. What's in it for them, the person listening. You got to get to that right off the bat. As a copywriter, you have two main functions. Function one is to get someone's attention. Function two is to keep their attention. Introduction is all about getting their attention. So let's do the introduction again and let's do it with them in mind. I would start with literally, in today's presentation, I'll share five techniques that'll help you triple your sales. So the difference between that and the introduction of who you are and then the value proposition is, hey, here's what you're going to get out of this. There's a part that's omitted. And I do actually want to double click into this when you think about, you know, I'm thinking of the outreach emails we send to potential sponsors and they start with, hi, my name is Ben Shapiro and I'm the host and producer of the MarTech podcast because I think that's important context of who is reaching out. You're suggesting putting the foot forward of saying, hey, I can help you reach your marketing goals through podcast sponsorship as my introduction. So what you could do is in your subject line, you could literally say, let's just say your podcast is listened to by 25,000 people. So it could say something to the effect of podcast, 25,000 listenership, something dash, whatever, right? Or in the actual introduction of the email, you could say, hi, I'm Ben Shapiro. I run a podcast that gets over 25,000 listeners per week, and we're currently looking for blah. Then you continue to go. So really up early on, what's in it for me? What are you going to give me? You give me 25,000 listeners? Are you running a discount? Is there a sale? Why now? So you've got to do that in today's day and age because Microsoft did a study in 2015 and proved that the average attention span of a human being has now dropped to eight seconds. That's down from 12 seconds. Goldfish have attention spans of nine seconds. We have now in the attention span of less than a goldfish. You just don't have much time to get someone's attention. I want to make a joke about what, sorry, what are you saying? but I can't remember what that is. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we have the introduction. You want to be value prop first, grab somebody's attention right off the bat. And you're focusing on what value you're bringing to them. What was the next step? So the next step is story. Now, again, how do most people do story? 
start talking about themselves. Once upon a time I was born, then this happened, then that happened, then blah, then blah. Again, I repeat to you, nobody cares. So the purpose of a story, a lot of people think is to build credibility. It's not. The purpose of a story is to build relatability. Listen, we buy from those we trust, like, and feel related to. I call this a very simple concept, Batman versus Robin. And everyone will remember this because of this one analogy. So Ben, if I asked you tonight, if I asked you, hey, Ben, what are you doing tonight at 2 a.m.? What would you tell me? Feeding a baby. Feeding a baby. I'd say, well, that's incredibly selfish of you, Ben, because Batman is out there fighting crime every night at 2 in the morning. People in the world need your help. Why aren't you out fighting crime at 2 in the morning like Batman? Because I am raising a human being with my wife. (laughs) Exactly. The same as basically saying, I'm not Batman. I'm not a billionaire. I don't have toys under the ground. I don't have a guy building me all these amazing tools and things like I'm not Batman. There's no relatability there. But if I did happen to say, hey, listen, Batman's going to meet you at the corner of K and 5th. Could you please take him for a drive down to the other side of the city so that he can fight crime? Most likely people would say, sure, whatever. They're relating to Robin. So here's the deal. Your story has to be a journey. All great stories are journeys. They're epic journeys, but they're not about you. The journey is about your journey to discovering your product, your system, your service, your stick. What is your thing? But it's about the journey of how you discovered that. So there's a lot of elements that can be removed. It should be setting up your product, your service as Batman. You as Robin who gets to bring them to Batman. So the purpose of story, remember, is to relate to the person. Don't put yourself above and beyond them. Don't make yourself sound so amazing. Relate to them. If I came on today and said, hey, copywriting is really easy. My name is Onyx Singhal. I'm a three times New York Times bestselling author, Pulitzer Prize winning author, Harvard PhD in writing. Everyone listening would be like, good for you. Of course, writing is easy for you. I'm none of those things. But I got to set you up by letting you know, listen, I'm a D minus English student and I sold $250 million through my system. People think, okay, I can do this. I misspelled my first name on a business card. (laughs) True story. I gave it away for six months. Now I do a podcast because I decided that writing wasn't my strong suit. (laughs) There you go. Anyway, let's get on to the third point here. We want to have an introduction where we're able to frame how we're going to provide value to who we're writing to. We want to build a story that makes us relatable. And then the third point is? So the third point is called content. And content is very different today because, you know, 20 years ago, if you put content into a sales page, people would laugh at you, probably rightfully so. However, because consumers have so much control now, so much choice, so many options, the consumer is very demanding. If you want to retain their attention during a presentation, they want to get something out of it. They want to feel like they really walked away with some form of aha moments. So the aha moment is a very key part of your presentation. You have to say something in a content format to someone during your presentation that makes them go, Oh, now that doesn't mean you have to teach them. See, a lot of times people think I ask them, what's the purpose of content? They say to teach. And I say, not in a sales presentation. The purpose of content in a sales presentation is credibility. Credibility through knowledge and shared information. So you need to share three to five nuggets with someone that makes them go, oh my God, I never thought about that way. Or I didn't know that. Oh, wow. That makes them realize, you know what? This person knows more about this topic than I do. Hence being credible credible through content, through meat, not through awards and recognition. This is the most important part of a sales presentation today. This is the part where you're going to convince someone to buy from you. It's not the pitch. A lot of people think pitch is where you get the sale. I'll talk about that later. It's not. Content. So three to five aha moments that are the what, not the how. Don't start teaching people how to do anything because it becomes teaching. You want to show them the what, make them have an aha moment and move on. And it ends up creating an open loop 
and a deeper desire for them to actually want to work with you. This might be one of the things that we're missing in our sales email that I was telling you about or our sponsorship outreach email that I was talking to you about where we actually don't say, hey, have you thought about podcast advertising? Here are some facts that you should understand about the medium, the pace of growth, the size, some companies that are doing it, right? Thinking about building the credibility of the medium as opposed to just the podcast. So your content here is really essentially you said it, it's not teaching, right? It's not giving away the product, but it might be providing some insight or some value into what the product is or the class of the product. Absolutely. I'll give you a prime example. When the Atkins diet came out, this guy comes out and his content portion is, listen, you can lose weight by eating meat, bacon, and as much fat as you want. And someone says, what? And then he gives you scientific evidence. Says, Here you go. Here's some case studies you ran. Here's why carbs are your enemy. And the person's reading that going, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Like that's an aha moment. Something they weren't expecting, something that's controversial, something that's against the norm of that they're used to hearing. Now, of course, you want to be able to prove it because if you say something crazy, people would doubt you, have some evidence. But as soon as you've done that, you got them. They're sold. Really, it's as easy as that. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So there's five steps, right? Once you give the content, someone is sold, but you still have two steps to go. Walk me through what the fourth step is. The fourth step we call transition. What's the purpose of transition? The transition is very important because this is where you move from subconscious to conscious selling. Most people out there love to say, hey, it's the subconscious that gets sold. It's the subconscious that you have to sell to. And that's 75% true, but 25% false because I do agree the subconscious is what decides initially that it wants to buy something, but it is the conscious, the logic side of the mind that makes the actual decision, pulling out the credit card. So the transition is literally the bridge between the subconscious and the conscious. It's when you move your presentation from the subconscious to the conscious. And the purpose of the transition is very simple. Answer the why. So sometimes with physical products, the why is very straightforward and can be skipped over for a large part. Transitions are usually very short. 
for example, you walk into an electronic store, you want to buy a television, they're going to charge you money for it. That's an understanding. You get it. You're not going to ask questions about that. There's a physical product. It costs money to build. I get it. However, let's say you walk up to a 100-inch TV, it's $22,000, and a 90-inch TV is $6,000. You're going to say, why is that so much more money? So the why can come up in certain situations, especially with digital programs, services, coaching. You have a consultant who likes to charge 1000 an hour. Why? So in the transition, what's been happening is if you've done a good job with step one, two, and three, you've become very relatable, very friendly. You know, you've become kind of like their buddy. They're getting warm to you. And all of a sudden, you're going to ask them for money? Why? So answer the why. Why are your rates so much higher? Why are you charging to begin with? And do it, rip the Band-Aid and get past it. And do it in a way people actually really respect that and appreciate it. And their guards come down when they understand why you're about to do what you're about to do or why you're asking for money or why you're premium charging. Once they understand that, it's amazing to see how they just get past it. It's interesting. You know, I have mixed emotions about this step where thinking about our sales process here, when we lead it with, hey, our campaigns run between seven dollars and $25,000 for a podcast sponsorship, a lot of the times when people are just sort of getting to understand and we're building credibility with them, that scares them away. And then when we decided that we were going to hide the campaign cost range until later in our sales process, obviously we have to tell people about it at some point, we had more success. At some point, you can be a little too upfront. When you're going through this transition, how do you find the balance of giving the information and resolving the questions that someone has? And how do you decide what is actually too much information up front? You actually misunderstood the steps. I'm glad you brought this up. You never reveal the price in the transition. They're not ready yet. The price cannot be revealed until you're in the pitch part of it because you have to build up value. You haven't built the value yet. The price is a logical mind issue, not a subconscious issue. But what you have to say, so you know yourself, Ben, are you premium pricing your podcast sponsorships? Are you discount pricing? Are you average along the pricing? So in the transition, I wouldn't get into the price. In the transition, I would simply talk to the fact that you might say something to the effect of, hey, we've worked for the last so many years to build up an audience that is largely, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, very targeted, affluent. We've seen tremendous success. Our sponsors get X ROI on their investments. So we don't compare our pricing to the rest of the world because our audience is just far more targeted. And you just leave it at that. What you've done now is you've prepped them that there's premium pricing coming and you've explained it and justified it. Okay, so you're not essentially giving all of the information and resolving all of the bullets, but you're still essentially providing information to why you're setting up your pricing or why your business model is the way that it is. Then you get into the last step. Talk to me about what the last step in the process is. The last step is the actual pitch. Now, a lot of people would say the pitch is the most important. I say it is not. A lot of people say the purpose of the pitch is to get the sale. The truth is, it's not. The purpose of the pitch is to confirm the sale. 90 times out of 100, if someone is still listening to you and you've begun the pitch, they're sold. There's really only one question left on their mind, and that is how much. Now, imagine this. If someone's asking the question of how much, they're sold on the service. They're sold on the product. They just want to know, is it worth what you're asking for? So this is where the logical mind comes in and does a very simple calculation. So one thing I teach my students is if you want to nail the pitch, you want to nail the confirmation of a sale, work by what I call the 10x rule. Whatever your price is, see if you can make it so that the value you're providing in exchange is 10x of what you're charging. 
this number could be 3x, 4x, 5x, 10x. If you're charging a $25,000 service, it can be a little bit difficult to justify a $250,000 value, although that's possible as well. You might be charging a service where you do coaching consulting for $25,000 and you have a slew of customers who've created seven-figure results from your support. Very easy to then justify a very large seven-figure value. But the point here is this. The logical mind protects its money very clearly and says, if I'm giving a dollar, will I get at least 10 back? And when you can convince that logical mind that yes, indeed, you are getting 10x the value back, that mind's going to jump and make that decision because at that point, it's a simple ROI decision. It just makes sense. So the pitch is to confirm the sale. This is why you see bonus stacking. This is why you hear on infomercials, but wait, there's more. It's their bonus stacking. They're stacking the value to get to a place where what they're asking for seems like a bargain. So it seems like if I had to break this process up into really two halves, there's building the value subconsciously, right? Getting people to understand, build credibility, get them to actually pay attention to what you're talking about, understand what the product is. And then the second half is building a value. So when you do eventually talk about price, that price comes in lower than what the perceived value is. So there's a perceived ROI. Am I thinking about this correctly? Yeah, absolutely. So, Anik, talk to me a little bit about why you're telling everyone this five-step formula. It seems like this is something that should be proprietary. It's probably part of one of the classes or something that's on the Learn platform. Why is this something that you're going out and talking about? Well, first of all, because most entrepreneurs out there don't understand the importance of needing to be able to sell well. The number one advice I got 16 years ago that changed my life by my mentor was every successful business person must be able to sell through the art of the written word. And I'll repeat that. Every successful business person must be able to sell through the art of the written word. Whether you're writing an email to your team or to a vendor or to whatever, you're writing and you need to be able to eloquently represent yourself in the written format. So the five-step formula is just the beginning. It's a very, very, very introductory beginning. The reason I'm out here talking about it is because I'm actually trying to make sure everyone understands you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you want to succeed, you want to be wealthy, you need to understand copywriting and you need to be able to communicate well through the written format. We have it down very formulaic. I've been teaching this for a long time. I have been doing this for a long time and I keep it very simple. I teach it very differently than the rest of the world, which makes it actually very complicated and hard, which is why most people ignore it. So for me, it's become a true mission. I've been saying that in 2020, I want to take the message of good copywriting to at least 100,000 entrepreneurs because I believe it is that important. It's the one skill that an entrepreneur is going to have that's going to have absolutely infinite ROI on it. So Anik, I appreciate you coming on and telling us about your five-step process for copywriting. And my thought is this isn't just copywriting, right? This is sales. It is the ability to get your message across, whether you are doing it in written form, whether you're doing it in verbal form. And also there's other ways to get your message across. So we're going to talk about some of the other ways that you can use this copywriting formula tomorrow when we talk about Anik's experience using webinars. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Onyx Singal, CEO of Learn, for joining us. In part two of our interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Onyx is going to talk to us about creating a 3,000 attendee webinar with a 10% sales conversion rate. And if you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Onyx, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is LearnInc, L-U-R-N-I-N-C. Or you could visit his company's website, which is learn.com. Again, it's L-U-R-N.com. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Onyx Singhal, CEO of Learn, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.